He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org, the one-stop shop for everything happening in the game of golf in this great state. GolfOklahoma.org. I'm Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with me on a Monday. And Sam, you had your bachelor weekend. You went up to Tulsa, stayed at the Hard Rock, played some great golf. Patriot, Cedar Ridge, Golf Club of Oklahoma. May or may not have had one or maybe two beverages per day. And, <laughs> my man, you look like a million bucks this morning. I Hey, sometimes you got to play hurt in the big leagues. <laughs> Hashtag uh, flu like, game. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is my flu game podcast this morning. Because, uh, remember, you don't actually have to have the flu to call it a flu game. Yeah, exactly. You just got to feel like crap. No, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yesterday was really my hangover day, like, and this morning, it's just still here. I don't know how. You're hungover from the old. hangover. It's, it's a two-day it's a two day hangover. Yeah. That, that means that you went really ham for like three days then. It was yeah. a bachelor weekend. I mean, I, I had my run. It was a bachelor weekend. I mean, if we want to throw the clock back, Colby had his bachelor party, and he probably doesn't remember a lot of it because of me. So, And that was only a one-night endeavor, Colby. That's not true. I remember a lot of it. I've seen the videos. Yes, yeah, the, vi- video, the videos. videos are very telling, and the images as well. I mean, bachelor so, parties don't typically go well for uh, for the person being celebrated. Now, now I want to make a caveat. We did avoid any strippers at yours, Colby. Sam, were you able to avoid the strippers this week? I did not have any strippers. We just went to the Hard Rock Hotel, and we stayed, and we gambled a little bit. We went and played the Patriot. It was a beautiful—the Patriot is in the best shape I've ever seen the Patriot in, and I played there at Tulsa for a few years— uh, and then we played the next day. And by the way, the Liberty Lemonades at P- the Patriot are they, now. They are what awesome. is a Liberty Lemonade? I couldn't tell you. It tastes like lemonade, but it it's not. There's, there's, there's there is a foreign substance <laughs> yes, in the in the Liberty Lemonade. And trust me, they are not PEDs because I was tied with my boy Caleb Price going into eighteen, and I topped it straight off the tee and made double. <laughs> now, 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 because there's different types of tops. There's there's the blade top where it kind of runs okay. forever. And I'll then tell you the exactly top. what mine was. Justin Thomas did exactly what I did. The difference was that mine was just like right next to a chasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the way I understand it, because you posted your scorecard on Twitter, you were two under going to eighteen. Yeah. And topped it. Yeah. So did did you, did you te- top it into a hazard? Yeah, it was yeah, a layup chasm. with a three wood into a hazard and made double. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was and a three then, wood. It wasn't even driver. No, it was a three wood. Oh, okay. okay. That's and better. then we go to my favorite place in the world, Cedar Ridge. And I mean, let me tell you, the stadium is going to be out there. The greens are. So, so fast. And it was hot that day. Say again this week? I think it's next week. Next week. Okay. But uh, basically, I mean, then, so speaking of Liberty Lemonades, then you have the Frozen Club Specials at Cedar Ridge. (laughs) and So basically, we're starting to know the signature beverage at all these nice clubs. Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, I was striping it at (laughs) at Cedar Ridge. And I I think I shot two under 69 at Cedar Ridge. Nice. had to make putts coming down the stretch for the game. And, man, I mean, I felt like Tiger in his prime now. Okay, so then we, we, we continue the festivities. Honestly, you kind of look like Tiger in his prime. <laughs> I look like Tiger on his mugshot probably this morning. That's what I meant by prime. <laughs> uh, and then, so we go back to the hotel. 
I get hot. We make a run until me. We, so we have this whole blackjack table to ourselves, and we are all just on fire. How many of y'all are there at the there, table? There's four of us at the That's, table, yeah. and then it's a good number. Couple other it's guys. a good number. And and listen, I I tell you what, boys, I stayed up playing blackjack until seven in the morning. It's disgusting. So make, make, that makes a bachelor party done right, huh? And, and that makes me want to. And puke. my boys, Matt Mabry. Colton Staggs and Schmitty all showed up. Colton, oh man, Colton man. Staggs oh, the go, yeah. And so, so we well, fu- hey, it's a good sign that you because either two things happen when you stay up till seven a.m. playing blackjack. You either sit there for a long time or you keep going up to go to the ATM and coming back. And it sounds like you didn't have to do that very much. No, no, I, I, I was up <laughs> until uh, then. Uh, then Saturday happened, and then <laughs> uh, we took that day off. We were supposed to play golf club on Saturday, uh, and we decided that the pool sounded a lot better. We we woke up at about five p.m. and then went to the pool, and then. Sam, Sam called me at like 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. I was just threw up in my mouth a little bit. And he, uh, <laughs> I could tell that he either had just woken up or he wasn't actually awake yet. At like 2.30 in the afternoon. So then, I mean, I would expect nothing else on the Bachelor weekend. I mean, yeah. there, there's no other way to do it. Yeah, we, the, the synopsis of the Bachelor weekend is not letting down at all. Then we show up at a golf club on Sunday morning. And, uh, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I get out of the car, all right, and uh, we're talking, and I'm talking to the guy, you know, brings us the cart and everything, and so I put my left shoe on, and then I go to the range, and then I'm talking, whatever, you know, go, you know, pay for the round, everything. I go out to the range, and uh, I look down, and I have one tennis shoe on and one golf shoe on, <laughs> so I got to go back to the car. <laughs> I got to go back to the car. <laughs> And that's when I was like, I got to stop drinking. And so basically, uh, basically then after all that happened, uh, I mean, I played okay. I, I hit one really good shot yesterday. <laughs> was that your driver that almost went in? Yeah. I, yeah, it was. What hole was that? Number club? 12. It was 332. We were playing some up tees uh, because <laughs> we had some guys. We played Wolf yesterday and we had some guys in the group, you know, that. Yeah, okay, so basically, hashtag to the, TF forward, listen, hashtag dial it listen back. to this bet that I have with my boy Justin Cates. I said on the range, I said the over under is set at 14 and a half golf balls that you lose today oh at God. golf club. Oh, God. Okay. So this is not if, a single if, digit if you're, Yeah, I'm about to say, I mean, if you're a 10 plus, huh, I no, mean, this is going to no, be. No, he plays like twice a year. Okay, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. And, and, but we're playing like the blue tees and we're playing the, the stuff as hazard, right? Yeah, and, lateral. Yeah, lateral hazard. But basically, he loses three balls on the front nine. Nice. He played great. All right. <laughs> One second. Uh, and then basically, where was I? He lost three balls on the front, and oh, he, he got 11 and a half on the back. So <laughs> if he loses a ball yeah. a hole on the back, you still lose the bet. Yes. Okay. So he basically, lose 12 balls on the back. No, he? no, no. So listen. So then. We go through the back nine. By the way, that hole is 332. I just striped this driver. Somehow my pitch mark is in front of the ball. It had to have hit the pin. I don't know. Unless it was just super soft and it spun back. But, so. You're hitting, you hitting L2 on the trigger and real fast and pushing it back. A little backspin yeah. on the driver. A little, little backspin oh, yeah. driver. High loft. Yeah, yeah. Roy McAvoy type stuff right there. So, anyways. Gust from the gods. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyways. Yeah, I, I think I shot like two over, whatever. Uh, A-Ross played good. He shot two over. But, so, my boy Justin Cates, who the bet's with, he has 11 and a half balls to work with. He has six balls lost 
on number 16. <laughs> okay. He loses, he loses one ball on number 16, so that's seven. And then, no, he lost two balls on number 16. It was eight. So he's at eight with yeah. two holes left. He didn't lose a ball uh, until or on number 17, the par three. He laid up like on the par three to make sure that he didn't lose a ball. Nice. Okay. And then on 18, that. he blows one right in the water. That's nine. Blows it right in the water. That's 10. Hits it way left. That's 11. Or <laughs> way left. That's 11. Okay. Hits it right again. But this one crosses up there. Okay, if anyone knows the hole, there's big pond Wait, down where, the right what side. Was the, was the green down right or was it, it was up top? It was up top okay. left. It's, it, it ended up screwing me. So basically, he took a drop, hits the next one in the water. That's 12. And then takes the drop, lays up, chips up, chips up. Make sure not to blade it because there's some stuff over there. If he blades a chip shot, it's in the stuff. So lays up, lays up, ends up with 12 balls lost. So... Great round by my boy Justin Gates. Well, so, so he lost sir. nine balls on the back, huh? He lost nine balls on the back. Yeah, and, and was, so, but, but but he still won the bet. He won the bet. And for anyone who didn't know what I was talking about, when I said where was the green? The 18th hole at Golf Club is one of the few courses where they have two different greens on the same hole. It can either be yep. like 520, the greens down by the uh, by the water, kind of it's more of a dogleg right, or it can be what about 60 yards longer, and the greens yep. kind of up by the clubhouse and some trees. So it actually makes it a, a really unique hole depending on what what green that you play. Sounds like an awesome hole. Yeah, yeah, I've got to get up to golf club. I've got to get to golf there. club. The Patriot, like I said, absolutely perfect. And and I'm really excited to go cover the uh, State Am out at Cedar Ridge because it is just perfect right now. The rough is long and the greens are fast. And I've never seen greens in Oklahoma this time of year because it was super hot and muggy. And those greens were still rolling really quick. So I can't even imagine what they're going to get them like for the State Am. Yeah, I've actually got uh, a guy that I play with at the greens is paired up in match play, first round of match play, with a guy who finished second in the Washtenaw Valley in Chickasha last weekend. A guy named Josiah Cruz is matched up against a buddy of mine, Michael Nichols, who plays out at the Greens. Both really good players, and they're matched up in the first round. So there you go. It's going to be fun. State we, AM's always fun. We were texting last week, Kobe. We had some qualms about the State AM, unfortunately. Okay, I just, I have one, I have one problem. I have one problem. It's the biggest amateur event in the state of Oklahoma. It's the State AM. And we go to these qualifiers and... And, I mean, qualifying at stadiums is usually around even par, one or two under maybe. And, we're, we, I mean, we can have eight, nine, ten guys shoot one under and all be at the last qualifying mark. They used to draw names out of hats. Now they do back nine scorecard playoff, which doesn't make a ton more sense than drawing out of hats. Drawing out of hats is just as random as going back nine scorecard playoff. You play 18 holes for a reason. You play 18 holes to try to separate yourselves from the field. In the biggest amateur event in the entire state, if we can't do that over 18 holes, then tee it up and keep playing until somebody separates themselves from the field. It's not right that one guy goes out to Lincoln West and shoots 71, and another guy goes out to Lincoln West and shoots 71, and we just go to the scorecard to determine who made a lower score on holes that the USGA has chosen to to make it to the state am. I just... I don't see why we can't just play it off. It it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a hindrance. Yeah, I think that where I stand on it is I think why they used to do the draw out of the hat and why they do the scorecard playoff now is because you have guys that tee off at like 7.30 in the morning and you also have guys that don't finish until late at night. um, So they don't want to make someone come back and play. But where I kind of stand on it is if you don't want to come back and – 
play a playoff, then you don't really want to play in the state am that badly, right? Yeah, and and, and for for clarification purposes, sixty four players make it to the state am. They, as far as I know, they still have two qualifiers. So you're looking at you got to make be in the top thirty two to make it. So you would think, oh well, if you finish thirty second, it shouldn't matter. And you have, but and one thing I want to know is where they changed it because back when I played Sam, um, th- if you were tied, you went into a playoff. And you would have eight players for two spots okay, or something well, like the that. The reason why they also did the draw to the hat too is they have two. They normally both they have a Tulsa location for a qualifier and an Oklahoma City location for a qualifier. However, this year there were two Oklahoma Cities because uh, was it Bailey Ranch where it was supposed to be? They couldn't hold it for some reason and Drain, they, drainage isn't good in that part of the state. Okay, yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but basically, um, basically what I was saying was you know. It's hard to say, like, a guy that shot one under in Tulsa and a guy that shot one under in Oklahoma City, you know, oh, yeah, I'm just how saying do you seat the, them? I'm just saying yeah. at the same qualifying site. Now, seating, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about the seating. The seat, seating, I think they just did, like, one, you know, one, two, basically. So, like, if you finished one in this qualifier, you were first, or and then, then, then you were second in the other one, then they kind of inversed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, kinda, so, I, that kind of So, it's sense. like if you finish 15th at one qualifier, you're not going to be behind the 30th at the other qualifier. Yeah. It, it's that they mix and match that way. And, like I said, they used to do it where if, if, you, if you were the first guy that played in the morning and you went off in a twosome and you had to wait five hours for a playoff, you had to wait five Five hours well, for a playoff. And ideally, in. in every other stadium, in the Kansas stadium, you know, which holds a, an awesome, awesome stadium, you play two rounds of stroke play at the course where you're going to play match play at. And then yeah. they just seed it to 64. I don't know, you know, if you can't close down a course in Oklahoma for that long or or if they're not willing to do that. But ideally, that's what you want to do. And that's how it is at pretty much every other stadium around yeah, the Yeah, and, and that... You know, that to me, because still, once you get the 64 to match play, you're still all playing the same course. It's heads up. I just hate the idea that two guys should sh- could shoot 71, and then we go look, and we're like, well, this guy shot 34 on the back. This guy shot 35 on the back. It's like, well, yeah, but he beat him on the front. We play 18 holes. That's what golf is. I understand the logistics of it, people having to wait around all day. My whole thing is, if you're qualifying for the state am, you probably took off work that day, right? Probably. I mean, you probably yeah. didn't tell your boss you're coming in for a half day. I mean, that's your day that day. If you're qualifying for the state am, that's your day that day. If you shoot a number that's going to put you on the bubble, probably you need to stick around. Play the playoff. That's yeah. my opinion. And at the just, end of the, just one man's opinion. At the end of the day, you could just say, hey, just play better and you're automatically in. The problem is, kind of like Mark Felder said when he's on, you got to shoot under par now to get in. I mean, shooting yeah. under par isn't an easy task. Yeah, it's hard to qualify. It yeah. definitely is. Let's, uh, let's talk about some of the golf the big boys played this week. We will start with the stronger field. The stronger field was in Scotland at the Aberdeen Scottish Open, North Berwick, Scotland. Y'all tired of hearing that yet? You got to work on that accent. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. But what's not really bad is the second shot that Minwoo Lee hit into the playoff on 18. It was Minwoo Lee, Thomas Dietrich, and Mr. Skill himself, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who played the playoff hole very conservatively and walked away with a nice par. Well done, Mr. Skill. Uh, Minwoo Lee, huge win. Jumped him up from, let's see, 240th in the world rankings to 61st. That is a monumental career-changing leap for Minwoo Lee. It'll get him into WGCs. It'll get him into majors. It'll get him into a ton of stuff just on winning this one event that had a remarkably strong field. 424 was the field strength for the Aberdeen Scottish Open. And Minwoo Lee with a clutch, clutch birdie on 18 in the playoffs. Here's my question. Is this a good or bad sign? When you go to the official World Golf Rankings and you click on Minwoo Lee, his picture has a picture of him <laughs> swinging with a headphone in. <laughs> I mean, what, what is that? 
is he playing with the headphone, or did they just get a picture of him on the range? I mean, what, what is funny. what Looks is like this? he's playing in the match. They clearly Seriously. got him. They clearly got a picture of him on the range. They had to for his official world golf ranking picture. And they got the nice Diamante shaft in there. Maverick hat. Callaway got this nice pin. It looks like Australia on the pin with the heart in it. And then they just got a big old headphone in there. I mean, what what are we doing here? But nevertheless, Mimuli, what a great shot on eighteen, and to be able because Fitzpatrick and Dietrich were coming in down the stretch, so Mimuli was kind of playing the waiting game, and we know how that can be whenever you're sitting there on edge saying, oh, well, am I going to be in a playoff or am I not? Because at that point, uh, Dietrich or Fitzpatrick could have birdied 18, and then you have nothing to play for. By the way, nobody was birdieing 18. The pin was on a shelf back left on top of a ridge. It was really hard to get to. They're bringing mid-irons in. Most guys were coming in with like seven or eight iron, and uh, Minwili actually almost birdied it in regulation. He had one of the best shots into 18 in regulation on top of the ridge, and he left the birdie putt I mean, one revolution short right in the heart. And then in the playoff, he was also the only guy to get his approach shot on top of the ridge. And there's about a 10-footer that he can right in the heart. And the emotion, I mean, you, you could see it. Just the, the way he reacted. And then what I thought was really telling about how much this means to guys is after he, it was done, they were standing over by their bags, putting their golf balls away and stuff. And Fitzpatrick and Dietrich are kind of putting their golf balls away. And Minwoo Lee is just like, he just like turns around and walks back toward the green, head in his hands like, I mean, this is life-changing stuff for some of these guys, and that's what it was for Minwoo Lee yesterday. So I thought it was really cool that he was the one who came out on top of the playoff. I, I got two two things I want to make here. The first one is that, did any of y'all notice that 18th hole? I thought that was cool. It had like a little wall, like yes. 400 yards out of the tee box. I don't know if what the situation was, if that was like some historical monument type It looked thing. like a Game of Thrones set right in the middle of the 18th hole is what it looked like. And they, they like literally carved out like a three-yard three wide section of the fairway where you could hit it through or walk through. I thought it was really cool but here's my next question i don't know if y'all saw this but there i don't know if y'all know this there was a there was a weather delay in that tournament with yeah. about probably four or five holes left and it was actually mega clutch because i had to leave the house for like an hour and uh right as we had to leave the weather delay started so i came back and i got to watch all the golf on the back nine hey, here, here's my question and i tried to look up the rule and i could not find it okay so we, we we've talked about this before right with if the if the horn blows for weather should you be able to finish the hole out if you're putting we've talked about this before right and they say no you can't do that you're not supposed to be able to hit your ball after the horn is blown right well yesterday Thomas Dietrich hits a putt and the horn blows in his backstroke literally oh, off his putt yeah. and he missed it was the brutal. putt so here's my question and I could not find the rule on this I couldn't even find the rule of what happened when you hit a shot after the horn blew if the horn already blew and you're not supposed to hit afterwards shouldn't he be able to replace his ball because the horn blew before he made his shot, before he hit it. That's a good question because he was mid-stroke. I don't know. The horn, because I, I the know. play I, was canceled before his ball was hit. So that should mean that he, two things should happen. Either he's penalized or the ball should be replaced. Well, I mean, clearly, I mean, obviously, and the, obviously rule, the he rule shouldn't be penalized. Be, but, I mean, the, the rule must be because this is how it happened that if the horn blows during your swing, then you are deemed to have already started that swing while, I mean, you haven't made contact with the ball yet, but, I mean, that has to be the rule because that's how they played it. You intended to hit it before the, the horn. Well, I, I, mean, I, intend, I intend to hit every shot coming in before the horn blows, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to finish if that's no, I mean, the case. I, I probably agree with you, but I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out what the rule actually is. 
it's got to be that if you started your swing, that shot has to count because that's what they did to Dietrich. Also, here, here's here's my point, too. One of the things I was reading on there was, that, oh, the, the tournament committee is supposed to go around and make sure that they do their best not to blow the horn when people are putting. Well, it's the final group of the European Tour event, one of the biggest events on there. Yeah, good job, officials, RNA also, or European Tour, whoever it was. Also, running there it. weren't that many guys still on the course. They could have easily sent out one marshal to each hole and said, hey, guys, hold on. We're about to blow the horn. Hold on. Hold on. Horn's going to blow. Make sure nobody's swinging while the horn blows. I mean, there were, what hole was he on? 14 when that happened? Yeah, or 13. It was, and, it, it, and, there and they was, were in the last group. Yeah. And they were in the last group. So it's not like there are 35 groups on the course. There were probably seven groups on the course at the time. We could have easily gone around and made sure that nobody was going to get the horn blown in their backstroke. And instead, we blew the horn in the backstroke of the guy leading the tournament on a five-footer for par, and he yipped it, missed the hole like three inches right. But and I mean, lost, the horn blew. And, lo- and I know we talk about butterfly effect, but he lost in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it was, it was, this is not like he had a 15-footer and the horn blew. It was like a five-footer, and, and he didn't even touch the hole because the horn blew. And so I, I did everything I could, guys. If anyone out, any of our fans listening knows the rule, make sure to, to tweet at us and let us know what it is because I, I, look, I read through the USGA rule book all of last night and I could not figure it out to save my life and because I thought that that was not not a fair situation. And he got leapfrogged in the world rankings by Min Woo Lee. I mean, it's a big deal to be in that top 64. Uh, that's uh, match play. That's some other WGC stuff. Really, really impressive stuff from Min Woo Lee on the weekend too. How often do we see a guy in that situation where it would be a life-changing win? He goes 68-69 on, fri- or on Thursday and Friday and then on the weekend he goes 60 65, 64. It's really tough to clutch. back those rounds up like that, and he did it immaculately. Yeah, clutch factory for Min Woo Lee. And his, so he jumps from 240 to 61 in the world rankings. D3 jumps from 100 to 71. So big world ranking points this week for the Scottish Open. Uh, some other names you mentioned, the Justin Thomas top, Stone Cold top to three wood in the middle of the fairway. He finished T8 at 15 under. John Rahm solo seventh at 16 under. Ryan Palmer was up there in a T4, one back of the guys in the playoffs as was in Poulter. Uh, so some good golf plays. Scotty Scheffler, uh, Xander Schauffele, those guys hovered down around T10, T12. So a lot of guys playing well leading into the Open Championship, the British Open, whatever you want to call it. We'll have a full preview for that coming up for Coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit about Royal St. George's after the break. But before we do that, there was other golf played this weekend, fellas. All right. It was about a 27-way tie for the lead yesterday at the John Deere Classic. And then Lucas Glover on the back nine decided that he was tired of it. Starting on number 12, Lucas Glover goes birdie, 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 par at the par three, birdies the par five, 17th, gets it all the way out to 19 under, breaking out of a pack that was hovering around 14 or 15 under most of the day, ends up winning by two shots. We go from what looked at one point like it could be a five or more player playoff to Lucas Glover running away with it. Lucas Glover, first time winning on the PGA Tour in 10 years and two months. Didn't know if it would ever happen again. The putting yips are well documented for Lucas Glover. He made everything on the back nine yesterday. And just like Min Woo Lee, a Sunday 64 gets it done at the John Deere Classic. You better be pretty good on Sunday. You want to win in the the pros. You talk about that back nine, and Lucas Glover said he was just thinking push, push, push. And he goes, and I think uh, that kind of kept me from getting complacent and kept me from getting too nervy uh, because it was going to take a lot more under par. And so, uh, and we've seen when Lucas Glover gets nervous, you know, with the 61 putt or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the 
shank putt. The circle T putt. Sorry, the, as we'll call it. The, the circle T putt. Was it a putt yes. for a 59 or a 60? It was I, think it's for, I think it's for a 60. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But he, but he hit it off the circle T yeah. on the putter, and it, I mean, it looked like somebody blew a weather horn but, right in his backstroke. But I mean, on the week, Lucas Glover, you know, he gained point seven five. Uh, strokes gained on, on the greens this week. That's really good for Lucas Glover. And I mean, obviously, if his if his strokes gained approach are like that every single week, you know, he's the no glove bandit. <laughs> the, 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 no doubt, the no glove bandit. And I liked how they were making. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting how Lucas Glover and Ryan Moore, two guys that don't use gloves, were both at the top and in, in, in some rainy conditions. I thought that was kind of an interesting note. And you look at Glover. You mentioned his putting, Sam. Two point five one strokes gained yesterday in the final round, mm-hmm. along with two point six four approach. So he's hitting it close and making everything he looks at. I mean, that's a recipe for success if I've ever heard. What do y'all it. picked Ryan Moore? Didn't y'all? I, uh, I had Ryan Moore DraftKings. Yes, okay. I did. And I, ca- I cashed in DraftKings this week. Did there you? you go. Yeah. Congratulations. I did. I did not hit my my big bet. My big bet was my uh, best bet last week, which was Brandon Hagee at 125-1. to 1. I had 10 on it, so I was very invested in how he might finish yesterday. He finished T18. So, uh, not great, Bob. Man, oh, hey, man, boys. My the- best bet from last week hit. The, oh, the Doug? Doug Gim, top 20. We're going to find our best friend, Doug, and then we're going to give him a best friend hug. Doug, Doug, oh, Doug, 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 Doug. Doug actually beat my boy Brandon Hagee by five on Sunday for both of them to finish T18. That's a good well, finish for Doug, though, the, uh, the T18. And Go your boy, Sebastian. Sebastian Munoz, that's my boy. Top four. Colby, I'm scrolling through here, and there's only one other player in the top 40 that shot over par yesterday besides Brandon Hagee. That was uh, Adam Monk, <laughs> who finished T23. Woof. And they were both plus two. Everyone else, there was either an even par or a plus one in there, which goes all the way down to Scott Harrington at T41. So, yeah, everyone else in the top 40, Colby, was either mm. even par or better. Yeah, Hagee's a bomber, and uh, Hagee actually, whenever you played in his group back at the Transmiss in, like, 2014 or whenever it was, he used to put with the anchor, like full on long putter, he like anchored, anchored to his chest. <laughs> nice. Uh, and now he's had to switch and he's going with the claw. He had a few lip outs early yesterday, and you can tell he lost confidence with the putter. We he had, had a dirty here, lip here's, out. On here, a here's the analytics for our man Brandon Hagee yesterday gained 1.94 off the tee, lost 1.72 approach to green, lost 0.98 around the green, lost 2.54 on the green. God. So he was driving it. He was a scramble playing machine yesterday. Jesus. T and High let it fly. Everyone else <laughs> on the team will handle it from there. By yep. the way, we had two OSU guys uh, tied for 23rd, a little top 25, Kevin Tway and Charles Hall III. How about Chucky Three Sticks? He was in my DraftKings lineup as well. I'll hey, take hey, it. Let me, let me ask y'all a Twight question. Twight shot seven under on the last day. That's pretty handy. That'll move you up. All right, so let, let me ask you guys a question. This has kind of been, was this the third week in a row that we've seen a tournament like this where – it's, it's really bunched up Saturday, Sunday. It's almost like who's going to win, anyone can win. we got like 30 names at the top. So let me ask you guys. Is a course like the last couple of weeks where it's set up a little easier, can invite some more players into it, get a little bit more guys there at the top towards the weekend, is that better? Or is it better to have a tougher golf course where the cream of the crop can kind of elevate themselves? Which, which do y'all like to see more? Oh, man. It... <laughs> 
I like to see the cream of the crop golf course more, where, where the, the, the best in the world can elevate themselves on tougher golf courses. But I don't like to see the same thing every week. And that's why some people complain whenever we have a Rocket Mortgage or a John Deere Classic. I don't want 19 and 20 under to win every week on the PGA Tour. But I do like the fact that we have a variety. Some weeks, you know, like uh, what, Valspar, Bay Hill, some of these Honda Classics, some of these tournaments that always wind up in single digits under par for the winner. That's a lot of fun. 1900 par for the John Deere is a lot of fun. I just I think a good mix is the best way to go. But if I had to choose one or the other, it'd be the tougher golf courses where the the cream of the crop kind of rise. Yeah, it's ironic, huh, T Dub? How you know when you have these tournaments with worse fields like this was probably one of the worst fields of the year. What what wins it? 19 under. You know, it it, it just proves how much uh, course setup factors into you know professional golf. It, it yeah. also proves that uh, bad field is relative. Yeah. It's relative. Right, it's right. a bad field via PGA Tour elite tournament standards. It's not a bad field via well, who are the best golfers in the world standards because all these guys at the John Deere Classic are still among the best golfers in the world. Well, yeah, and my point is if all the best golfers in the world were playing at the John Deere this week instead of the Scottish Open, they're going to be hard-pressed to shoot 19 under. I don't care how good you are. I, John Rahm would have been hard-pressed to shoot 19 under at the John Deere. Yeah, yeah they used to have um, NAIA Nationals at TBC Deer Run, and I know I, I didn't get to play it, but all my teammates or a lot of my teammates did. And it's not an easy golf course. I mean, it's yeah. not like a Lincoln Park where you're going to go out there and you could shoot 30 under in, in a course of three days. I mean, you still got to hit the shots. And one thing I thought was interesting at the John Deere, they set a lot of holes up easier than I thought they would, which kind of led to those under-par scores. But, you know, Going to your point, Colby, I mean, it just it goes to show how deep it is. I mean, we even saw it go, all going all the way down to the Corn Ferry Tour in Colorado where our boy Taylor Moore had a chance to win and unfortunately wasn't able to get it done. But, I mean, just this, the amount of depth on, on the tour is, is unbelievable. And I think that just even leading into that Corn Ferry event just goes to show how many great players there are out there. And if just like even Min Woo Lee playing in a strength of field of 424. You have one good week. That's all it takes to change your career, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And it was good for him. Uh, by the way, Corn Ferry Tour, it was tag riding. So, ended up winning it. Uh, won it in a playoff with David Skins and Chinon Yu from Arizona State. Already getting himself into a playoff on the Corn Ferry Tour and almost made himself a Corn Ferry Tour winner very early on in his Corn Ferry career. Taylor Moore finished T7, which moves him up from 21st to 17th in the season-long rankings. So that's good for Taylor Moore firmly in that top 25. Max McGreevy in there at 14th. It's got to be close. We've got, what did I say, Colby, three events left? Uh, We had, yeah, that sounds right. Because we, we counted looked, them a couple weeks ago and we had five. I looked him up earlier, and then I forgot. So let me see. I had my stat here, and I lost it. It Dang should it. be about three. One, two, three. There's <laughs> four. say, I have my stat here? Yeah. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw a little shade there at our boy. So, but, uh, but, yeah, it looks like there's four events left before the uh, playoffs start, which you're still able to gain more status through that. So that's not where the end of the line is by any stretch. But I would, I'd see it be hard-pressed where if you're 17th now to move outside that top 25, especially if you're playing every week. You know, you're going to have to have guys in the 20 to 25 for four straight weeks win, I think, would have to be what happens for yeah. you to move out. So. Yeah. So, right. should that was be. clutch by him. By the way, the most clutch golf thing of the weekend was Steph Curry making eagle on the final hole of uh, the Reno to uh, beat his brother and his dad to make his dad jump in the water. 
Oh, Ooh, that's I did clutch. not know that. Eagles did, 18. So, I, so the way I understand it, it's Stableford. And the way I understand it is that Steph was in last. So I think that one of them was at 56. Uh, or Seth was at 56, but handicapped, obviously. Uh, Dell was at like 54 or 53. And Steph was in last, and he makes Eagle on the last to jump up to tie Seth and make his dad jump in the water. That is and, awesome. And Vinny, Vinny Del Negro beat John Smoltz uh, at the Edgewood Tahoe. In and, a playoff. Yeah, and he it was a really, you know, pretty actually entertaining and pretty cool story here by Del Negro. He says, uh, I lost my father this Wednesday, and I wanted to play well for him. Oh, snap. Uh, he, he, here's something, and I thought it was interesting because the first thing I thought of when I saw this was was Sam when you brought up Omar Uresti at the PGA when he qualified <laughs> through the club pro, and you're like, well, how is this happening? And I thought the same thing, and I didn't watch much of it, but I saw a, a, a clip, and it was like, Annika Sorenstam almost makes hole-in-one. I'm like, how in the world is she playing in this tournament? I thought this was a celebrity tournament. Well, I mean, it's handicap, number one, and second of all, you know, she didn't win. She didn't win because it's handicapped. And, and and even if it was true, I don't know. But my point being is that how does a professional golfer get in a tournament where you're supposed to play if you're a celebrity? Wait, is it handicapped? I, I, it has gotta to be. So I don't it, think it I, is. They might have a gross in the net portion. Oh, Stableford, yes. Yeah, so I didn't think about Stableford. I don't know. I know the Currys have some good genetics. Yeah. Those guys are talented. John Smoltz is pretty good. He's a really good John player. John Smoltz is very good. Yeah, he's good. like a scratch, yeah. 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 He uh, Who ended up winning the playoff? Was it Smoltz or Del Negro? Del Negro. Del Negro, Del Negro yep. won? Okay. Yep. So he won, I think, who won it? Del Negro, uh, let's see. Didn't Romo tw- win it a couple years in a row there? Yeah. What, what is the Romo actual name of the tournament? Century, that, American CenturyLink, I think. Yeah. Did okay. I get that right? Yeah, that's okay. right. American CenturyLink, yep. Uh, but basically. There's no uh, American Century Celebrity. There's no link in there. Link okay. sounds good, though. So, Romo was Romo finished third uh, with 66 points. And none of us got an invite? I mean, what kind of tournament is this? Bar- Monica can get an invite, and we can't win the world. Barkley, uh, let's see. Barkley finished 76th. I remember during the uh, during the match, Barkley was talking about how there was 80 players in the field, and he was going to bet on himself to finish yeah. in the top 70. So, yeah. he had to find 10 people he that he fin- could beat. He finished 76th. Yes. They did not cash on that bet. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, but there are, there are four people that he to one beat. Odds. Uh, I mean, that is, let's see, let me see here. Uh, was third in points after his, tw- let's see, that's Romo and Annika. Yeah, Barkley finished 76. Among the 87 finishers, so there was a little bit more than 80 Barkley. So I wonder if uh, Barkley knew that beforehand, that there was 87 as opposed to 80. Because beating 10 people is a lot harder, or a lot easier than beating 17. What's modified Stableford? Modified Stableford is basically where you don't get minus points for bogeys. Essentially, okay. or for doubles. So I, I don't think this was. I don't think it was handicapped. I think it was just modified Stableford. Benito Negro became the first basketball player to win because he birdied eighteen. I think he's fifty-four. I first basketball player to win. Yeah. Really? Steph's never won it. No. I get okay. Yeah, I figured Steph would have won it. Steph's a good player. I'm trying to find yeah. the old. Oh, here we go. Here's full coverage and full field scores. <laughs> By we the are way. crushing our American Century Link celebrity. <laughs> I was not. Expe- I was just expecting. Oh, to complain about Anku finished fourth. By the way, so yes, yeah, so the professional <laughs> golfer can finish fourth in the celebrity championship. So great job, Romo finished She's third. Not even on the podium, Steph. Steph finished ninth. I mean, and Carson Palmer, another name, finished Carson eight. Palmer. Finished Blast 16th. from the past. Alex Smith is, I guess he's decided no more football. He'll just play golf. Finished 22nd. Patrick Peterson. Safer. Good good, cor- good life choice, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good life choice. Uh, our boy Aaron Rodgers, who won the match, it finished 24th. So, so Aaron Rodgers can, can play. He had a chip in yeah. for Eagle. He was the best player on his team. 
at the match. He was the best putter, that's for sure. I think he's the best player. He must have had a really good Straka book in his back pocket <laughs> to be reading the greens By the like way, that. Jim Furyk. Jim Furyk, U.S. Yeah, Senior Open champ. Yep. By the way, Furyk and Fluff won. And how great is it that Fluff is still on the bag? How old is Fluff? Old. Old, man. Dude, old. He is old. Does he use a push cart? They're not allowed to use no, push carts. No, no, no. At what push point cart. does Fluff get an exemption and get to use a push cart? Fluff would never stoop Fluff's to that a level. a million years old. All right, here, 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 here. Oh, this is so awesome. Oh, my Lord. Any of y'all guess how, guess how old uh, Fluff is? 73. <laughs> I just Googled it. Yes! Okay. What? 73! I just Googled really? how old is Fluff. The 73rd old! Yeah! <laughs> I couldn't guess because I just Googled how old is Fluff. Fluff was born in 1948. February 7th, 1948. What a legend. Dude is still on the bag. Carrying the full staff bag, by the way. Fluff is the and, man, and He's also out there. We saw him at, at Southern Hills. He's bending down in the hole to pick up after... Furyk makes every putt and throwing the ball back to him. I would have figured yep. out some sort of contraption to stick into the hole to throw the balls back at this point. That's got to be bad on your back. I mean, people talk about Phil's calves. I mean, you have you have the Cleveland calves. You have <laughs> Phil's calves. But Fluff's calves are elite. Like, he has the biggest calf muscles I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And it's, impressive. it's like chiseled calves, yeah. you know, where it's like there's no fat there at no, all. It's, it's just full, straight muscle. Dad strength. Yeah, dad's, yeah, dad's strength. What is dad's strength? Same. More like CAD E strength. Yeah. No, that didn't work. Didn't work at all. Speaking Cavity. of dad's strength, speaking of dad's strength, Taylor Gooch. Yeah. Yes. Congrats to yes. Yes. DG. And yep. yeah, so Beautiful we, baby we, we, were, we were worried about this, guys. Worried about if he goes across the pond to play. Is the kid going to happen when when he's over there? And luckily, a uh, beautiful baby girl was born before he left. So that's awesome for him and their family. And sounds like everything went well. So shout out to TG there. And maybe it's like he said. Maybe it's going to give a weight off of his shoulders like Matt Jones said that it would. And maybe this is the week where it all comes together. Where you get your first win at, at a major championship. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. That'd be crazy. I mean, even for him to contend this week, coming right off the birth of your first child. And you never know, Royal St. George's last two winners, Darren Clark and Ben Curtis, you just never know. Let's take a break, come back on the other side. Let's talk more Royal St. George's. Also, I have a question for you all as it relates to the UEFA Euro 2020 final yesterday. What is that? Okay. It was England, England versus Italy. <laughs> biggest uh, biggest, biggest Italy soccer tournament in, in Europe. Italy won on penalty kicks, didn't they? Italy, Italy did win in penalty kicks, yep. They were up 3-2, to two and uh, England had one last kick, and their goalkeeper saved it. So I've got a question about that, and we're going to talk Royal St. George's. That's all coming up after the break. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
back. Rolling along here on a Monday. This is the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. A lot of good stuff going on in the game of golf. I had a question for y'all, though, because yesterday I'm sitting here and I'm watching England and Italy in the UEFA Euro 2020 Finals. It's the biggest soccer tournament in Europe. It's played once every four years. It's on the opposite years uh, that the World Cup is. Like, every two years is either World Cup or uh, UEFA Euro Cup. And they play. They go into overtime, and it doesn't happen. So then they go into penalty kicks. And we decide the biggest soccer tournament in Europe by having five guys line up 10 yards from the goalie and see if they can boot it into the back. So I want to know, what would golf's version of penalty kicks be? That's my question. First of all, the whole soccer game should just be penalty kicks <laughs> because it's boring as hell. Yesterday's game was actually pretty good. It all was right. pretty good. I was watching I'll, it and the John Deere at the same time. I was watching it and the John Deere at the same time. It was pretty good. Not great, but it was good. I'll take okay, it. Here, here's, here's my question, Colby, about, about the penalty kicks. So is this is they, what was the 30-minute overtime? Is that what they yep, played? 30-minute overtime, neither team scored. And so is this, was this because, yeah, exciting stuff. So, so I, I just want because I know that, that there's some different point stuff, right? So is this one of those deals where uh, Italy or England had more points leading up to the event? Nope. Or this was just whoever won this head-to-head match correct. won the term? Yep, correct. Or won the whatever you call it. So, so, so here's what. kicks are like. Three footers. Yeah. Well, so, so here, here's what I looked up right here. So, as of writing in January 6, 2021, 1894 out of 2,278 penalty kicks are awarded in Premier League history. So, that's an 83.14 percentage. So, so what's an 83 percent putt? So, it's like four two feet. and a half feet. About, about, four, about four feet. It's yeah. like four feet, two inches. Because a four footer is about 85 percent on the PGA Tour. Is it really? Yeah, five feet yeah. is about 75 percent. Yeah. yeah. Because three footers about ninety five percent, and then it drops off about ten percent every foot you go back. Okay. And then, so. and then there's very there's it, it some doesn't different... seem that way, but that's because on TV they only show you the guys that make them. Well, no, I thought it'd be less. You thought it'd be less? From okay, four feet for four feet. I, I didn't think it would be like eighty five percent. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Three three. Because you got to think about all the guys playing like crap that are missing four footers. Yeah, and, but, but and, I mean, and the slopes that the greens are on too. We could also step up and just have a uh, a straight hitting contest. Everybody step up with your driver. Whoever hits the straightest to the line in the middle wins. If you hit and, the fairway, or you could no, <laughs> I know what it is. This is the exact version of penalty kicks. It's like the the whole greens thing where you hit the balls into the raft, but you have the girl down there goaltending. <laughs> <laughs> so you have an actual goalie. Yeah. So so you got to find a pond on the course. You got to put. <laughs> you got to put a raft, but the raft needs to be pretty decently big. But you have one Hooters girl goaltending or whatever they did. <laughs> so you have a big enough raft to where not every shot can be goaltended. So then she's kind of got to run around. Yeah. And kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes it about 80% that you hit the raft. <laughs> How can she run around on a raft? Make it, make it like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very, okay, very so my whole point, engineering raft. My whole point is that while penalty kicks are remarkably exciting, it feels weird to cap off like a great sporting event with a skills challenge. No. It, it would it have been weird. Wouldn't it You're have been, asking the wrong guy, Colby. It, wouldn't it have been like at the Travelers with Harry and uh, Hickok or whatever his name was, and they, they just get done with four holes, and they're like, oh, let's just have a putting contest now or a chip-off. I mean, that's basically what it is. They went to overtime. They couldn't that decide in overtime. Awesome. So then they went to PK. So <laughs> w- w- would that have been awesome? Could, could you imagine giving for $600,000 or whatever it was and two years of status on a chip-off? Here's my question. I love it. Here's my question. Let, let's say <laughs> we're doing five-footers. concept. You're right, Sam. <laughs> let's say we're doing five-footers. Does each guy get to pick his five-footer that he wants to hit? It's how like it course. Also, or if they're hitting the same five-footer, does one guy have to turn his back while the other guy putts? 
so that he can't see the line? We got to figure out a way to have penalty kicks in golf. Like the golf equivalent of penalty kicks. I would prefer... Be, be better than the stupid two-hole that the USGA I, I was about to say, or the stupid four-hole <laughs> playoff that we're about to see this week at the Open. Oh, it is a four-hole at the Open, isn't it? You know, because if we do have a playoff after two holes, we're going to know who the winner is, and we're going to watch two holes for nothing. It's going to be so boring if it happens. Yeah. Or maybe they both go birdie, birdie, birdie the first, th- first three playoff holes, and then we're on the edge of our seats because it's basically sudden death. The only uh, way that a four-hole playoff becomes good is if they tie the first three and the last hole becomes sudden death. So why not just start with sudden death? Yeah, I mean, what are you going to have? You're going to have a, a guy go birdie, birdie, and a guy go par bogey, and then there's going to be a three-shot swing over two holes? Probably not, my opinion. I think it's stupid. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think uh, whenever I was gone and y'all were doing U.S. Open lead-up, y'all talked about playoffs, and I couldn't agree more. Sudden death's the best playoff for you. Yeah. By far. You played 72 holes, we couldn't determine a winner. Let's play another one. Yeah. It's just like qualifying for the state am. I'm not advocating that they go out and play a seven hole aggregate playoff. Qualifying for the state am. If there's two spots and you got eight guys. If you have like 20 guys. Sudden death. Tied at one number. It could end up to be like seven holes. Yeah, it could. Yeah. It could. And that becomes a pain because then you got to finish the hole and then you got to wait on everyone else to finish to see if you made it through or not. There was a Monday queue a couple weeks ago. That they had 10 guys playing in one group. It was a 10 for one. Yeah. Ten for one playoff, and they played a tensum. Imagine how electric that would be if you won that. <laughs> a tensum. It's like a, it's like a horse race. It is. Yeah, yeah it's literally a horse race. <laughs> yeah. Horse races are fun. They are fun. I've only played a couple, but they're always fun. And there's two different types. There's the one where you, you basically move on if you have the best score, or you move on if you don't have the worst score. And the, the latter can take forever. If I you, mean, you move on if you don't have the worst score? Yeah, so yeah. like you start off, and everyone who makes like a double or triple gets thrown out, and all you got to do is par. Then you par, 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 everything. And then like even if you make a birdie, it doesn't matter, because as long as someone made a triple, then yeah. they're gone. We did and, one of those a few years ago at the Valley. And it took us nine holes. I, I was still in yeah. on the ninth hole. It was me and one other guy, and uh, and I lost out on the ninth hole. But it was a it was a solid two and a half hour horse race. Yeah, That's normally awesome. it normally yeah. take longer than that. Yeah, so it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. Uh, some of us are in good shape, like fluff. Some of us, our bodies are breaking down a little bit. If that's you, you need to go see our friends at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley, both avid golfers, high-quality, individualized patient care at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Total complete spine care. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive, and the Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley recently received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 spine surgeons under the age of 40 in all of North America. Visit thespinecliniklocate.com located, located off Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. Gentlemen, Royal St. George's. It's in England. It's in the UK. More specifically, Sam, it is in Sandwich, UK. And you decided during the break that we needed to rank sandwiches. How about this? We're not going to rank sandwiches. We're going to draft sandwiches. The 73rd <laughs> right. hole. We're drafting and sandwiches. And then we'll tweet out the poll. And then we'll tweet it out. Yeah, All we'll right. have the team. How many the paper sandwiches out? are yeah, we you drafting the paper? here? Everybody hear the paper. It this needs is the to be quite a few. Sheet. And my question is three each, probably. I guess we'll get into it with yeah. one of our picks. Is like what what defines a sandwich? Hot dogs are not included in this list. What? You cannot include a hot, hot dogs dog in the is list. A sandwich. A hot dog is not a sandwich. It's a hot dog. It's its own food. It's no. It's in between two buns. It's no. It's one bun. It's one bun. No, it's just it's a two buns over bun. The, it's two buns that they welded together. 
So let me ask you this. If you took one piece of bread, <laughs> well if, you t- if you took one piece of bread, put ham and cheese on it, and folded it in half, that's a is sandwich. That a sandwich? It's not a sandwich. Yes, See, this is. is why I asked. This is an important distinction it's here. It's not a sandwich. I'd be the tiebreaker, Taylor. Because oh, well, if, if you include the coney in here, then you can have all kinds of different options. Because yeah. then you got the coney in with, uh, I don't know, I don't like hot dogs, so I'm not so the So is a hamburger advocate. a sandwich? No, a hamburger's a hamburger. What, a hamburger's not a sandwich? A hamburger's a hamburger. So what the hell's a sandwich? A sandwich is... What, do you have to have cold meat? No, it's just a classic... No, you can have like hot roast beef. You have have meatball subs. Literally, the Is a pulled pork sandwich a sandwich? Yeah, it's a sandwich. The only difference between a hamburger and a ham sandwich is that the, the hamburger's cooked and that the ham is from the fridge. That's the only difference. So are we counting hamburgers? How is a hamburger not a sandwich? No. That's what I want to know. Let's not count hamburgers for the draft just because hamburger's going to win on the poll. So whoever gets hamburger, hamburger would be wins. a runaway winner. Yeah. Runaway winner. I, 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 we'll I, do it to well, make it fair. And then we'll also tweet out a poll whether hot dogs and hamburgers are sandwiches. How, 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 okay. about, how about this? We each, since we got three, we each have four, and one of our picks will be a controversial pick. So I'll get a bacon cheeseburger with jalapenos and Swiss cheese, and then y'all can each draft your own burger. And then we'll have three other sandwiches. What do you say? Okay, so we each get to draft one burger and then three more traditional sandwiches. Yeah. You can even you can right. even draft like you, you can even draft from a restaurant a if you want. You know, if you like the McDonald's let's McDouble. Do four, let's do four sandwiches then. All right. Four sandwiches? No. One hamburger and three sandwiches. One hamburger and three sandwiches. All right, who wants to go first? Normally we do this stuff off there, but I thought it'd be huh? fun if our listeners actually heard our process All right, here. Sam, this is your Bro, idea. So we're you can drawing go first. the cards. Oh, we're the cards first. Everybody, I'm fanning them out. We're going in order of high, high to low. Ace is high. Everybody Snake draw draft. a card. Seven, draw a seven card. of diamonds, seven of clubs. Oh, this is interesting. Six. <laughs> draw again. Draw again. Everybody draw again. I was going to say red's better than clubs. I got Jack. Ace, ace, oh, darn ace, it. ace wins. Right, Sam, he's first. Don't lie. No, I got the lowest card. You got the highest. You're yeah. first. Oh, it oh goes, okay. we're going like this. Sam. Snake all draft, right. though. Snake draft. All right. Always snake draft. You have to. All Hashtag right, so fantasy football. I'll, we'll do hamburgers first. Yeah, we'll do hamburgers first. We'll do hamburgers. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll circle back with sandwiches. Plain hamburger. Plain hamburger. Yeah. Meat and cheese only. Just no. J- just meat and bun. Just cheeseburger. Just nothing on it. Okay. That's, well, that's, a, that's that's a risky first overall pick there. That's the Anthony Bennett of our sandwich I, draft I bet there. more people have plain hamburgers than you guys. Now, let me ask you a question. No, I, Is I that your with, favorite hamburger, or are you trying to cater to the audience to win the poll? It's I'm totally catering to the audience. Okay, fair enough. Because see, this is the thing, yeah. Because you can throw some toppings on there that that may. But yeah, but I don't want to offend like mustard people who don't put or or people that don't put mustard, and I don't want to pick ketchup and mayonnaise. You know. You feel like that, you're eliminating a crowd. How I eat my hamburger is cheese, ketchup, and mayonnaise. Well, and see, and also in this point, if you have the plain burger, you can put on any sauce you want. So it's a versatile option here. So you kind of got a Swiss Army knife with your first pick exactly. here, Sam. I like also, it. elite elite move, get a plain hamburger and dip it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you get either the ketchup or the barbecue sauce. You have to. Yeah. I'm going with, you know what? Off the wall pick here, guys. Our man TG's going to hate it. Give me the old In-N-Out double burger. Oh, Okay. With the, with the sauce and everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know we were doing specific ty- like specific ones. Yeah, yours was specific. It was a plain cheeseburger. <laughs> well, can I get a plain? All right, then put plain cheeseburger from Johnny's. From Johnny's. All, okay. right. all, right, all right. right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Chuck say. Yeah. <laughs> the Hot Man Special. Uh, for mine, I'm going to go with, uh, you got to go with the fried egg bacon tomato burger. Where the hell do you get that at? Fried Kitchen? egg, bacon, tomato. Oh, you can get a lot of places. The uh, garage makes a really good one. Yeah. Okay. Garage makes a really good one. Called the Eggnator. 
So basically, our burger options here are Johnny's versus In-N-Out versus the Garage. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. But now we can do sandwiches, and I get to start You're with up. sandwiches because we're doing the snake draft. And the way you kept it simple with the burger, yeah. I'm keeping it simple with the sandwiches. Everybody loves a PB&J. Everybody. Wow. Oh, that's, that, that's an off-the-wall pick. Everybody Man, loves that a PB&J. That is really good. Wait, you're not counting hamburger, but you're counting PB&J? There's no meat? PB&J is the most classic sandwich of all time. I agree, but it's the most so is a hamburger. sandwich of all time. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how you can go off that. I'm gonna go. <laughs> y'all might disagree with me on this because this is this is actually both of them here. This is a basically a hamburger and a hot dog combined. What about the Philly cheesesteak? Oh, oh, that's a good pick. That is a good one. Give me that the Philly cheesesteak. By the way, I don't know how I'm gonna. I don't have enough characters on Twitter to fit this all into a poll, so we'll figure it out. Chicken teriyaki. Chicken teriyaki? From Subway. Chicken teriyaki from that's Subway. Pretty, that's pretty good. All right. Sam, fire back. And then I'm going to go with uh, just your classic club. Classic club? My All dad right. likes clubs. I don't like clubs. You stuck with the uh, with the chicken theme there, Sam. I think I'm going to go with you. Give me the crispy uh, chicken sandwich from Brahms. Ooh. Oh, from okay. Brahms. Crispy club. It, it comes with the bacon and the cheese on it. And you get the honey mustard if they have it. There's been a sauce shortage in Oklahoma for some reason. So if you can't get the honey mustard, it's not as good. But a little honey mustard on that on that Brahms. I'm riding the TG train here because he likes the mixes from there. So give me a little sandwich as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to go with the meatball sub for my second sandwich. Okay. It's not from any one specific place. You can get meatball sub a lot of places. It's good because it's a hard sandwich to screw up. It's pretty much always good. So no matter where you go, you're going to get a good meatball sub. Oh, my last sandwich. Where do I want to oh go my with God, my I last can't, sandwich? I can't believe this pick is still on the board. My next pick. Oh, I, I, I got mine. I, I got think mine. I know. <laughs> I got mine. It's the Whataburger Honey Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich. <laughs> <It's not my laughs> he knew oh, it. it. No, he knew you, it. you can't take that. You always get a burger at Whataburger. Call me. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. I usually alternate between the patty melt and the he uh, knew it Honey Barbecue Chicken it. Strip Sandwich. I know. I oh. should have kept it myself. You know what? I'll stick on the same track. Give me the patty melt. Patty melt. Give me the patty. No, no, sorry. I can't. That's a burger. I can't. That's a burger. Oh, that is technically a burger. That's a burger. I see. I I would have had two burgers there. So now I got a burger on the old Texas toast, though. We appreciate you calling the penalty on yourself. I did. So so technically, I I should win because I was the most honorable. Brian Davis. Man, this is tough, man. Y'all took a man. Good sandwich, man. Best best Brian Davis. PGA Tour uh, Thunder broadcast. Got to be Thunder broadcast, right? Yeah, he was he was good. I liked Gotta him. Be. Him and Michael Cage. Yeah, they always they always talk bad on the Thunder when they were on. <laughs> Man, I have no idea what to pick on this last sandwich. I really don't. I've already got my Philly. I know I'm missing one out there. Um, you know what? Give me here's an off the wall pick. Give me the uh, chicken bacon ranch from Domino's. Oh, oh wow! We're going to a pizza joint now to get sandwiches. Chicken, bacon, ranch, Domino's. All right, I'm keeping score over here so that we can post this. All right, how many? I have two left? Yeah, Yeah, one left. uh, One left. You've already got chicken teriyaki and classic club. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm I'm really debating here between grilled cheese. Strong. And uh, I can't eat grilled cheese. I mean, you have grilled chicken. You have plain turkey. You have chicken salad sandwich. I'm going to cater. I'm going to go grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. No one hates a grilled cheese. Classic. I hate grilled cheese. I'm the one of few people. Really? <laughs> what? 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Even what, dip it in a little tomato th- soup. Th- there's a couple of foods, guys, that I'm, I had migraines when I was a kid, <laughs> and if I ate a certain food when I had a migraine, I don't eat it now. So, and unfortunately, grilled cheese was one of those foods. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah. Well, along with along, more for me. One of the reasons I couldn't <laughs> pick the ham sandwich was because I had ham when I was younger and had a migraine. I don't like ham anymore. Somebody, I like to think that somebody's out there listening to our podcast and they didn't hear us intro the sandwich segment, like they were doing something else, and we <laughs> intro the sandwich segment, and then they come back and they're like, "Why are these guys talking about sandwiches?" It's because they're playing a golf tournament in Sandwich, England. Yes. And and here's my question. Here's another question. Since we're since that was a draft, now we can actually let's do a little ranking. Is there a better town name than Sandwich? Oh, that's way up there. Yeah. Sandwich is way up there. I mean, there's some interesting ones. Just in Oklahoma, we've got some interesting ones. We've got yeah. Hooker. Yeah. Beaver. Yeah. They're right up near each other, I mean, actually. Hooker and Beaver are better than Durant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I like Durant. It has nothing to do with the town. <laughs> it has to do with the player. Yeah. KD. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any yep, more per- towns I mean, that are Perkins. Better. Yeah, I don't know. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Perkins Family Breakfast. By the way, just, just honorable mention here. You had chicken parm. You had BLTs. You had roast beef. Barbecue uh, sandwich. Roast beef. How'd, no, how'd nobody go roast beef? The roast BLT beef went on French dip. Italian cold cut. Fr- French, I would have went the French dip, but I already had the Philly cheesesteak. Uh, you got cheesesteak. You got Rubens. You got chicken cutlet. Uh, you got just your classic turkey. Patty melt, they're considering it a sandwich on here, but... We only had, our world was only one burger. Yeah. And I almost broke it, but I was being honorable, so I automatically win. Prime, so. Oh, prime rib. That's a good one. That's the same as the Philly, though, is it not? Or it's the same very, as the French? It's, it's very similar. similar. That, the yeah. French dip, and the Philly, they're, they're all in the same boat. That's why, because I would have drafted all three of those. Very I should have gone chicken salad instead of grilled cheese, I feel like. The Philly cheese steak's strong. Philly cheesesteak strong. All right, we're going to put these on Twitter, at the 73rd hole. If you don't follow us, you should be. That's how you, uh, from time to time, can win one of our 73rd hole Yetis as well, one of our little mm-hmm. tumblers here. Um, college Golf Book just tweeted his out this morning. He got his in while he was on vacation, came home to it. So love our listeners. Glad we were able to do that. We'll have some more stuff coming your way in the near future. Let's talk a little Royal St. George's, fellas. Last two winners there. 2011, Darren Clark. Prior to that, Ben Curtis back in, was it 2004? 2003. 2003. 2003 and the 93, uh, Greg Norman won there. This course first hosted the Open in 1894. Anybody, anybody guess the four-round total for me in 19, pardon me, 1894. You'll, you'll love I this, I feel Sam. like I'm going to prove my point. because it didn't count. So. <laughs> You're going to love this, Sam. You really will love it. I'm going to say the, the winning total. Yeah. Four rounds. Four eight, rounds. Were they playing nine or 18? They were playing 18. <laughs> All right. Seven. And, and it took them a while. <laughs> Did they play nine? All right. <laughs> and it took the them a while. The winning score was, I'm going to say 45 over. 45 over? Okay. I'm not going to say they're that much. I'll say 15 over. Uh, okay. Par se- assuming that it was a par 70 in 1894. Don't know if it was a par 70 or not. Uh, the winning rounds were 84, 80. 81-81 was okay, the so four-round winning close. score. So that would be 46 over Ooh, par. Nailed it! 46 Man. over par. Won it in 1894. I figured you would appreciate that, Sam. Yeah. Wait, uh, so you're telling me that Kepka's <laughs> face when I guess 45, he's like, wow. I, remarkably <laughs> close. And, and by the way, there was England's J.H. Taylor who won 30 euros. Yeah. 30 euros for his 46 he's probably over in the World Hall of Fame, euros? too. 30 euros. Good Lord. That's 
even now that's like 45 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry Varden, one here twice, two two open championships here. What Wal- he shoot? Walter Hagen, I don't have his scores in front of me. I'm looking it up. <laughs> Your boy Walter Hagen, one two open championships. You got to get to the oh, first I'm year getting- of this tournament counted, Colby, because Sam has a very minuscule uh history book when it comes to golf. First year it counted for Sam probably 93. <laughs> what was the years before that? that I don't know. 34, we'll, 22, we'll 28. Say, oh, there uh, we go. We'll say the Tom Watson, uh, Jack Nicholas battle. Okay, so uh, th- there was a big gap that went from 1949 where Bobby Locke won, and then the next one was 1981 where Bill Rogers won. So that's a good name, Bill Rogers. But- he won 25,000 uh, euros, and the guy in 1949, Bobby Locke, won 300 euros. So the price was, our purses were increasing even back then, before the Tiger effect. Before the Tiger effect, Tiger had no impact on the purses on the PGA Tour. And, um, and this week, uh, 1935000 By the way, fun fact, Tiger Woods had never lost a golf ball in his professional career. It was 2003, whenever he got to Royal St. George's. He had not lost a golf ball in his professional career. Like, just had to take a lost ball, not hitting the water or anything. Or had, even out of bounds. But had to take a lost ball. He had to take a lost ball on the first tee shot that he hit in 2003. First I'm, hole, right rough, huge gallery. They never found it. I remember that happening. That was It was an extreme shot because also, remember back then, guys, that was the five-minute rule. So we're not oh, even dealing yeah. with three minutes. And so and that was a tiger-sized crowd looking for the a ball. Tig- a tiger-sized crowd with tiger-sized rules benefits. So, you know, we can't find Tiger's ball after five minutes. We're going to extend it to seven. <laughs> and so we're going to keep going to eight. We're going to find the stamp ball. They never found it. Never found it. I think, he, it I think he opened with a triple. He um, did open with a triple. It was not the worst score on that hole that year, if you're wondering if the first hole at Royal St. George's is tough. Uh, Jerry Kelly made an 11 on that same hole and did not lose a ball. So, shout out Jerry Kelly. <laughs> I found Kelly. the scores. You found the scores? Oh, yeah. All right, for who? List them off. Okay. Give so, us the name and the numbers. Uh, in 1892, that's when they started playing four rounds. They didn't break 300 until, <laughs> let's see, they didn't break 300 until 1904 where where Jack White shot uh, 296. By the way, Shout all of Jack Harry White. Varden's, I'll, I'll list off Harry Varden's winning scores. 300, 309, 310, 307, 314. 316. Is this your favorite day we've done on the podcast? Yeah. Oh, and then he won again uh, in 1914. Just rip the old guys for shooting in the 80s. 1914. That's 306. Uh, And then, so, let's see. That's just shortly before Francis We May had a 10-year-old caddy for him at his home course across the street. Walter Hagen, great player. 1922, 300. Uh, Let's see. Bobby Jones is... 291. That was solid. Oh, in 1926. Bobby. Bobby going sick low. Yeah. And then 1924, you had 301 by Walter Hagen. Then Walter, he kind of gets it back together, shoots 290, or 292, two years in a row. Baller. <laughs> in 1929 and 1928. So, uh, really, I'm, I'm going to look here. Why do you uh, hate old people, Sam? The first, the first open I'll count is Sam Snead in 1946. <laughs> so post World War Two, post World War Two, yeah, post World War Two, pre pre World War Two, we were just trying to figure out the rules of the game. Yeah. We were just getting Augusta National established. Post World War Two, we started playing some golf, according to Sam's official personal record record book. Yeah, uh, in 1938, Reg Whitcomb won at 15 over. <laughs> Got hot on Sunday. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. People from 1938 are like still alive. 
Yeah, <laughs> like it's a real thing. Hell, fluff. How, how, so how about oh, 1947? Fred Daly, John Daly's long lost relative, <laughs> 21 over. 21 ball. over. Good God! How in the world does that happen? Also, how they shoot 293 and he's 21 over? How does that happen? I don't know. How does that happen? It's Wikipedia. It might be wrong. Yeah. No, Wikipedia is never wrong. Wikipedia is <laughs> never wrong. It is never, never wrong. Uh, all right, Royal St. George's this week. Looking forward to it. Full preview show tomorrow. Uh, we'll give you out all the favorites. I don't know, fellas. Rom is a heavy favorite. Let me just get your thoughts on Rom leading in. Is, can he go back to back to win his uh, his first major championship? It's only happened once in like the last. I don't know, half century probably, that a guy won his first two majors of his career in back-to-back major starts. Who was it? First two majors in back-to-back starts. Oh, man. Well, that, that wouldn't be his first major start. It would have been he won his first major, then won his second in the next. In the next start, yes. In the next. Not, not his first major start. No, no, no. Not a major debut. But, like, Rom this week has the chance to win his second major right after he wins his first major. Oh, um, Who's the last guy to do that? Uh. Freaking Padraig Harrington. It was not Padraig Harrington. Was it Tiger? Oh, Spieth. It was Jordan Spieth oh, in 2015. Yeah. 2015, yep. Jordan Spieth in at, 2015. At Chambers Bay and Augusta. It was right. kind of a trick question because that question kind of makes you think further back, but it was fairly recently when Spieth did it. Anyway, on your ROM point, ROM has an 8.8% chance to win this week on Data Golf. That's so high for Top a major. Top five is 27.5%. To give that... In perspective, he has an 87.7% chance to make the cut. Well, guys, at the Aberdeen Scottish Open this week, he finished two shots out of the lead, which was solo seventh. He did not putt well. He missed a bunch of shorties, especially on Saturday. Saturday, he missed like a two-footer for par on one hole. Really just did not play that well. Still finished uh, two shots out of the lead. So, uh, I don't know. Let's see what his betting odds are right now. Oh, my gosh. He is twice the favorite that anybody else in the field is to win the golf tournament. John yep. Rahm is nine to one. Next best odds, eighteen to one. Rory Xander and Kepka are eighteen to one. John Rahm is nine to one. And massive favorite. What, what's Spieth? Because Spieth is twenty to one. Okay, and what's Shoffley? Shoffley is eighteen to one. Okay, so on data golf, J- you JT have, and Spieth both twenty to one. You have John Rahm as the big favorite at eight point eight percent. Then you have Xander at 5.5%, and then it drops down to Xander's three. the second highest rated? And then yep. you have Spieth He hasn't won in two and a half years. I know. See, this is the He's thing. He's not hoisted a trophy in two and a half years. He, there's no way he can be the second most likely to win this golf tournament. That's what it says. I'm telling you what, I, I don't Take think... Take it up with data golf. I disagree I, I, with your data. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think Rom is going to win, but just listen to these starts, guys. I mean, he finished seventh last week, missed all those putts, won the U.S. Open, won at the Memorial, I don't care what anyone says, finished eighth <laughs> at the PGA. Um, then his only missed cut since... I'm going to scroll all the way back, guys. The very first tournament that we came back from with COVID, which was the Charles Schwab at Colonial yep. in 2020. Daniel he, Berger. He missed, a, he missed a cut there. Daniel Berger won. Morikawa missed a short putt. Rom has only missed one cut since that stretch. That was wow. at the Wells Fargo this year. And wow. every other tournament he's – I'm scrolling through here. I see a couple of 30ths, but everything else looks like it's in the top 10 or 15 at worst. I mean, he's by far playing the best golf on the planet. Somehow dropped to number two in the world. DJ moved up on a week that he didn't play. I love when that happens in the rankings. But I uh, think my favorite – this week is Victor Hovland. Yeah, by the way, we haven't talked. Victor Hovland, uh, 30 to 1 this okay. week, by the way. We did not talk about the fact that John Rahm played last week, finished solo seventh in a European tour event with a strength of field 424, and DJ did not play last week 
and Rom fell from number one in the world to number two in the world. I know it's on a two-year sliding scale, but it still just never sits right when a guy loses the number one pl- ranking in the world whenever he's literally playing the best golf in the world and just played and finished solo seventh this week. It just doesn't sit right. And I remember back when uh, Tiger yeah. and VJ were, were batting that for world number one back 2004, early 2005, and there was a tournament where Tiger or VJ didn't play, and VJ jumped Tiger in the rankings, and I'm like, well, wow. How does that happen? How can you not play in the rankings change? But it's like you said, Colby, you get two years, accumulative, and then the, the points decrease as the tournaments go on. Then once the tournament comes off, then you don't have the points. And it's it's a whole big algorithm thing that that's a bunch of a bunch of BS, and they probably need to tweak it in all honesty if they want some legitimate ranking. That's why we use a site like Data Golf because they can they have a nice compare and contrast with, well, say, people well, who are actually playing good versus their actual ranking. Yeah, what's fu- Data Golf's power rankings? Well, we have... Okay, let me pull up. The I mean, power I, I can pull, I'll pull, I'll pull that up right now. But what, what I was going to say about that was, you know, it, we need probably two ranking systems. One for number one player in the world, like overall over the past two years. But we also need, you know, best players in the world right now. Yeah. You know, and kind of. Yeah, and that's why, that's why, you know, us insiders like us, we have uh, the sites like we do. And so on here, I mean, you can scroll back to, we can go over the past six months, we can go over the past year. And so this is just going off of strokes gained. You're looking over the past six months. You got uh, Rom, Spieth, Cantlay, Paul Casey, Hovland, Shoffle, Louis, Daniel Berger, Morikawa, Mr. Skill, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Scotty Scheffler. That's your top ten. That's a remarkably different list than the OWGR top ten, which I've got in front of me. I'll just rattle it off. DJ, John Rom, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Xander, Bryson, Cantlay, Kepka, Reed, Hatton is your top ten in the world right now. So can y'all name who Data Golf has as their favorites? And and by the way, Vegas I look, I looked uses at it earlier, data golf so because pretty much, it, not this week, but pretty much every week on the PGA Tour, it's very very similar. Uh, uh, so I'm assuming in, 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 in how they do their. Uh, so you said odds. so you said Rom's the favorite. Rom's the favorite. Sanders Shoffley, number two. Speed is third. I gave you those. Speed is third. Round out go, that top ten. I'll go Rory, Rory fourth. Rory's I, I not in the top ten. I Rory, Rory's fourth. not in the top ten. No. Uh, Kepka or JT? Kepka is fourth. Kepka, JT fifth. JT is sixth. JT sixth. What about or, D- sorry, no, no, no. JT is seventh. What about DJ? DJ is sixth. DJ sixth. What about Hovland? Hovland is let's see, tenth or eleventh. Uh, any love for Louis on the list? He's t- tied with uh, Hovland. Okay. Uh, what about Bryson? Bryson is uh right behind Hovland. How about Cantlay? Cantlay. There, that's the one you're missing at fifth. Can't lose one of business in the fifth. Okay. There's two more guys uh, in the top ten. Got to be Morikawa. Yep, and one more. One more in the top ten. Mm. Hatton, maybe? Not Hatton. Fitzpatrick? Uh, not Fitzpatrick. Just played well. Paul Casey? Hatton and Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's like 15 range. Uh, Terrell Hatton's like 25th range. Paul Casey, maybe? Paul Casey is uh, right below Fitzpatrick. Give me the last one. I got to be forgetting somebody. Uh, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Yep. Yikes. Yep, I definitely was forgetting somebody. Patrick yep. Reed was the guy. Yeah, so, I mean, you look on here, like, for example, Speeth, who we mentioned. Uh, so, I go to the Data Golf. They have their, they actually have a filter where they go off of their rankings versus 
OWGR. And so I was just going off the past six months. But on their site, for example, they have Jordan Speed that's eighth in the rankings, in their rankings, and OWGR, he's 23rd. So, I mean, that's a pretty big discrepancy. We'll scroll down here. Here's another list. Like, for example, Jason Day is 68th in the official World Golf rankings. Data Golf has him as 37th. I'm trying to find one that's more on the opposite side to kind of put a little bit of. Um, where somebody's a lot higher in the in the OWGR than they are in data golf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's an example. My boy Garrett Higo, 40th yeah. official World Golf rankings, 100th on data golf's rankings. It kind of makes sense because he got a bunch of world ranking points because he came over, boom, immediately wins on the PGA Tour. But it's just, you know, one PGA Tour event. He's had a lot of success on the Euro Tour, but that makes sense. Yeah. It would be that way. Well, here's an interesting the one. Obvi- a guy named Chad uh, Ramey, I believe. Yeah. He's uh, 196th in the world, 95th on data golf's ranking. That's because yeah. he plays Cor- mostly on Corn, on corn yeah. Fair, yeah. Well, the obvious one was when we started doing this podcast in February, data golf was super high on DJ. He was where Rom is now, mm-hmm. you know. He had like the big 8.8% chances to win, you know, before Where, tournaments. Where's Gooch, and stuff by the like way, that. Tyler? Look up Gooch. Uh, I, I, let me look up Gooch. One second. A couple guys that your boy Doug Gim, 211th in the world, 81st on Data Golf. Wow. Pat Perez, 215th in the world, 83rd on Data Golf. Wow. So yeah. there's some different names there. Let me So there's some long shot uh, value right there. There is some long shot value uh, right there. 43rd for Gooch, 74th in the world golf ranking. So you're looking at about 30 spots of difference. About 43rd in Data Golf? That's what yeah. we Say it's a big draft. He's one spot ahead of Will Zalatoris. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, boy, that's a big difference. Top 50 gets you into everything. That's where we need Gucci. We need Gucci in the top 50. Top 50 gets you into everything. Yeah. You, you, you yeah. can write your ticket if you're in the top 50. Yeah. And so that just goes to show that the OWGR, for, for numerous reasons, isn't, it's a good indicator to tell who's playing good golf and who's who's a good player, but it's, but it's not also the, a flawed system. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Yep. Cool. Yep. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I think that's all for today. Full. Open championship preview tomorrow. Picks. We're talking golf course. We're giving out winners. We're giving out DraftKings lineups. We'll best need to bets, look everything. We'll need to look up the weather forecast because that that always plays a big part it in this will. tournament. And we'll be recording on Tuesday afternoon. So we'll be recording about thirty six hours before the tournament gets underway. And you just you never know. You never know what the weather's going to be doing. So it's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, Listen tomorrow, listen to our preview show, and then keep a close eye on the weather. And we'll talk more about that as we head into the tournament tomorrow. Thanks, everyone, for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.